0: What do UFOs, poltergeist activity, seven foot tall humanoids, sky portals, paranormal activity, and cow mutilation all have in common? They're all part of the legend of the Skinwalker Ranch. Over the next two weeks, we'll explore the origins of the Skinwalker Ranch, the curse that was placed on that land hundreds of years prior, and the families that have occupied the ranch in the years since. So sit back and crack a beer. With a buffet-like spread of topics, this two-part series is bound to have something to satisfy your most demented auditory needs. I'm Mike.
1: I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If
2: you thought Mormons and their magic underwear were the strangest things in Utah, stick around. We've got a story of dead cows in ditches and Navajo witches that'll blow your mind. This is Necronomopod.
0: Tonight's topic is mighty weird. I do not expect uh, any of you to believe all of this or all of you to believe any of this. Uh, if you don't wanna believe any of it, I wouldn't blame you a bit because it's, it's strange. It, it really doesn't fit into any comfortable category. It is a UFO story, but not really. It touches on some poltergeist type stuff, cryptozoology stuff, witchcraft, government conspiracy, animal mutilations, quantum theory, you name it. If you're expecting uh, tidy explanations about how all this fits together, you won't get them from me. Maybe you can give them to me. The only thing I can say with any certainty after delving into this this part of the investigation is that reality, at least for me, isn't what it used to be. So to be 100% completely honest, up until I read these notes earlier today, Mm -hmm. I had no idea what today's topic was about. I had had never heard of Skinwalker Ranch. I had no idea. What the hell is that uh, the Bunny Ranch in Nevada or whatever it is? is Vegas? That was all that was in my mind when I heard about this. (laughs) So I thought it was something to do with like sex or like murder or something like that. No idea what the Skinwalker Ranch was. That being said, I had no idea that today's topic also covered every single topic we've ever covered on this show. A lot going on. For the most part.
1: Yep, this one is uh it's got a little bit of everything. This is like a
0: punch bowl, like a hairy buffalo type style yeah. drink gimmick of all your favorite categories rolled up into one. Yeah. Oh, I like Harry Buffalo. It's good. I didn't have one of those in a long time. Yeah? Like the the fruit mixed with like the oh, one fifty one yeah. or and something. In a big garbage can. Yeah. Yeah. We used to do that, or you we used to like uh cut a hole in a watermelon and stick a one fifty one bottle in oh, it yeah. and you let it sit for like two or three days and you cut it all up. Have you had that? Something similar. That's a nasty game. Yeah. (laughs) Go to bite like a grape, and it's just straight rubbing alcohol in your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) It's brutal. What did you have?
1: Something where like fruit and gummy bears and shit. Oh, the gummy bear ones. I've had tons of different liquors in there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, We used to also have porch crawler. Now everyone, I think, has porch crawler, but they make it differently. We used to take like a big ass cooler, fill it with a a case of Natty, two or three fifths of vodka, and pink lemonade, and you just shake it all up, and you make it into a drink. I'm vomiting in my mouth. <laughs> just, I mean, it kind of just—it t- it. tasted like like a like a carbonated pink lemonade. That sounds like, but it gets you shit. trashed.
1: Ugh. It was all right. Doesn't sound great. Mm-hmm. Brutal. Well, that's porch crawler. So anyway, I just
2: read that the History Channel just greenlit a, a, a new show called the Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah. Uh, by the makers of ancient aliens and the Oak Island Curse.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. That's something we'll get into in uh in part two with all the uh all the secrecy and, mm. and strangeness that that surrounds this place.
0: The History Channel did?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's
0: gonna be like a documentary or like a like a show? Like a documentary series, it yeah. sounds like from what I read,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah, this one I'm. I think this is probably the most excited for something that I've been since uh since the Jonestown series. Really? Probably, yeah. Oh, I've been just because it's like
0: a greatest hits of all the yeah, oh, yeah. the Necronoma pod
1: topics that we've discussed. Oh yeah, and the the stuff we'll get into in part two with the, the rabbit holes you can go down with stuff. And are there any yeah. fuck
2: schedules or foreman apes in this story? <laughs> or no. no?
0: Okay, just checking.
1: There's some strange creatures we'll get into the next Sounds episode. great. All right,
0: well, I'll take yeah. that. Sign me up for strange creatures.
1: Yeah, I've been having fun doing this. been catching up on some old Art Bell, talking about Skinwalker Ranch, falling asleep to that every night. That's wow. good and, stuff
0: there. Yeah. And Art Bell, I mean, who doesn't want to listen to that all the time? Episode available <laughs> in the archives. Skinwalker, west of the Rockies, you're <laughs> on there. <laughs> um and also this is another two-parter for us so we just did two parts on uh children of god and now we're gonna do two parts on skinwalker yeah that's not gonna become a trend for us but we just happen to have two subjects that were pretty uh pretty meaty with their their content
1: yeah but okay they're good and there's no child molestation in this
0: this will be a little bit easier to talk about (laughs) we can kind of make fun (laughs) of some people in this yeah
1: So let's jump into it. Um, Skinwalker Ranch is a 480 acre area of land in the Utah Basin. That's in the northeastern area of Utah. It's probably the largest hotspot for paranormal activity in the world. It has everything from UFOs and cattle mutilation to poltergeist activity and cryptids. I mean, it's got. There's a little bit of everything going on here.
2: There's a lot of stuff going on.
1: Yeah. George Knapp calls it the uh, the paranormal Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ranch would eventually become the most researched paranormal subject in history with millions of dollars being invested. Top scientists and doctors advising the research and the U.S. government eventually getting involved to find out what is if what was going on at the ranch was a potential national security threat. So that says something right there off the bat. Yeah, and in my opinion, it's it's undeniable that there's at least something going on at this ranch, just based off of the money that's been put into it, the credible people involved, and then like we'll get into part two, the continued secrecy of what's going on there to this day. But so this
2: is very much an active uh, thing right now. Oh yeah,
1: just in the pa- and that's just in the past couple like two years is. Got a lot going on with it again. So, but before we get into all that stuff, we need to take a look at the legend of the skinwalker itself and, and what has been going on in the Uinta Basin for, for decades. It's important to to note that there isn't a ton of knowledge out there about the legend of the skinwalker because in Navajo culture, it's considered forbidden knowledge, so just to be clear, this
2: is different than the legend of the skin fluter, which was Mike's high school story, correct?
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's just a random cheap shot out of nowhere. Yeah, I believe they're very much different, though. I still want the audience to be confused. Goddamn, just sitting here enjoying my beer, trying to listen to Ian's story, and shots of me sucking dick.
1: Getting hit with a skin flute. Juice. Yeah. <laughs>
0: God damn,
2: pal. No, it's not sucking dick, playing your own skin flute. Come on, man. Yeah, you took that wrong. Is that? that the reference?
0: Skin flute means sucking dick.
2: Playing your own skin flute? Is that what it means?
0: Because you put your mouth on it and you're playing <laughs>
2: with it. Yeah, you're How right. else are you playing you're your own right.
0: skin flute?
2: <laughs> I guess you're right. I wasn't thinking like that.
0: I'm not that good. <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, (laughs) We're on page one of our notes, folks. (laughs) First paragraph here. (laughs) A lot of
1: editing going on now. (laughs) And and along with it being uh, forbidden knowledge, skinwalkers are something that the Navajo rarely even bring up with each other, let alone with outsiders. And they do not talk about skinwalkers. But what is out there with the legend has its beginning with a conflict between the Navajo and Ute tribes. So the introduction of the Spanish coming into North America introduced the slave trade to the Native Americans. This caused raids between Native American tribes where captives were sold into slavery. And unfortunately, the Utes did this to the Navajo tribe frequently. And that plays a major part in the beginnings of the Skinwalker. Because, I mean... You know, there's a lot of shitty stuff going on at this point, Mm -hmm. you know, with uh, Europeans coming over and doing shit and everything, you know.
2: So the tribes didn't previously enslave each other until they learned that behavior from the Spanish?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then the Utes doing it to to the Navajo kind of kicked this whole skinwalker thing off. The Utes also sided with frontiersman Kit Carson during the early Native American wars that occurred alongside our civil war. And since the Utes were seen as traitors among other Native American tribes, it's said that the the Navajo put a curse on them, and the name of that curse was the Skinwalker. Hmm. Skinwalker Ranch sits basically right on a Ute reservation, and the ridge that separates the ranch from the actual reservation is called the Path of the Skinwalker.
2: That's pretty specific, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. And because of fear of Skinwalkers... That path is off limits to the youth, so they will not go on that ridge. And the little that's known about the skinwalker is that it's, it's viewed as a witch that can shift into different animals. And when they change into an animal, they appear to be abnormally large for that animal and, quote, twisted looking. Can they become a llama? They can become whatever they want. Any animal? Can they become a civet? Sure. I don't okay. know what that is, but sure.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> There's those little animals that eat the coffee beans and shit them out. Then the coffee sells for $100 a pound. Mm-hmm. I want
0: to try it. Huh? If our friends that just brew coffee would get on it, we could have some of that.
2: What's that called? What's the name of that coffee? It's, like it's f- Indonesian or something. The the civet eats the coffee Let's beans. Let's see what happens if shits I shit it out. Poop coffee beans. It's like $100, $200 a We're gonna pound. We're going to do this live on it's air. It's
0: really good. Poop coffee beans. What'd you say, Dave? It's a civet. But it. Kopi Luwak that or civet right. coffee. Civet coffee is a coffee that includes partially digested coffee cherries yeah. from the by the Asian palm civet. Yeah. Kopi Luwak?
2: Man, I don't know how to fucking
0: pronounce. Luai, lu-, <laughs> lu. I just heard it comes out its ass and it's
2: tasty as a motherfucker. <laughs> 100 bucks a bag? See? Just brew get on that motherfucker. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I tried. How
0: did we get on that topic?
1: Because they can turn into they any They turn into animal. In any animal. Oh, I was just making Dave wants, sure they could Dave turn wants him th- to
0: turn into civets and then yeah. shit in his coffee cup and he's gonna drink it. If we could create
2: skinwalkers and feed them coffee beans and then sell them at a hundred dollars a pound. Well, I don't think
0: we can create them though, can we? Ian, tell us. Uh no. <laughs> uh, in a word, no. <laughs> <laughs> that
2: was straight to the
0: point, okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> It's Tell us how do you create a skinwalker? <laughs> well, it's also said that, that packs of skinwalkers meet at night to practice with each other on how to act more like the animal that they're turning mm. into.
0: I picture them in a field like LARPing, like <laughs> practicing <laughs> with each other, like with fake swords or, you know, whatever claws they got going on. Like they're LARPing in a field at night.
2: I do like that twisted looking what, like, what that, that makes them extra creepy. That is man. really creepy. Well, like like the real those fucked photos, up yeah, looking.
1: Like, yeah. Twisted looking like, is interesting. And that's the way to
0: describe it. It's like, it'll look like a wolf,
1: but, it's but a, twisted. It's like fucked up looking. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, and that's the thing, too. Like, if you picture him at night, you could picture them as. Nerds role playing like you just <laughs> live action role playing. <laughs> or or you I'm could- a civet.
0: Look at me pooping out coffee beans. <laughs> and there's Dave chasing him though with his cop. He's like, just let me try it though. It's supposed to be really good. Hold my French press under their ass. <laughs> i think you'd have to actually press press their ass
1: and come out that wouldn't be larping at that point that'd be too too real so you could view it like that or you could look at it in, in the real way it's viewed as like they're all in this like twisted animal form trying to teach each other how to like make a sound like a wolf you know like that's terrifying my way is much funnier that's what i'm saying we could look at it your way or the real way (laughs) or the real way the real way it happens
0: the way it's believed to be yes right which is terrifying
1: and like like we said they can turn into any animal they want but most commonly they take the form of a wolf or a dog and then magic is very is a very sacred practice to the navajo and um, there isn't a such thing in as believe as being evil for practicing magic, like in like Salem witch trials and stuff. You know, if you were mm-hmm. doing magic stuff, you were evil. There is no such thing as evil magic to the Navajo. It's just all about how you uh, how you use that magic. And the Skinwalkers are said to use it in in, uh, in selfish ways and have unbelievable powers like mind control. And to get unbelievable powers, you must commit an unbelievable act. So they start out as a human. Right. Okay. The only way to become a skinwalker is to kill a sibling or a relative, which is extremely taboo to even speak of doing something like that. What if it's like your fourth cousin who's a real fucking asshole, though? Does it still work? Yeah. Huh? The Navajo. that is, You don't do anything to a family member. Interesting.
2: It's like it's, it's uh, like a gang initiation. Yeah,
1: yeah. There's also stories of necrophilia and cannibalism could uh, turn someone into a into a skinwalker.
0: Gary Ridgway was a skinwalker.
1: <laughs> yeah, you could, you could you could say that.
2: <laughs> he did
0: like to available
2: return to the right scene now to go <laughs> back
0: and listen. Gary Ridgway.
2: <laughs> Would you say, Dave? I said he liked to return to the scene of the crime. He did.
0: Crack open a cold one. No, don't. Don't. (laughs) Don't you put beer
1: in that category. I'm not talking about beer. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I went over my head. (laughs) So, to identify a skinwalker, it's said that in their human form, they will have animal-like eyes. And then when they're in their animal like form, they'll have human like eyes.
2: Shit, that's creepy.
1: Yeah. And at night their eyes will always be glowing red, regardless of what stage they're in. But if you if you find There's out a lot of
0: similarities with this with the Mothman. And I'm wondering if that has something to do with like the Native American type.
1: Well, the Mothman had stuff to do with Native American. Right, that's what lore. I'm saying. Yeah.
0: Like, the red eyes, the, like almost the shape shifting, and you know that kind of stuff. Yeah, just a lot of this
2: stuff originates from the same place. I'm yeah, sure. Right, right. What was the Chief Cornstalk?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He was the one that was like getting shot and just wouldn't go down. Right. He put the curse he on that put the whole curse thing. On him the curse. Because he was dying. Yeah available in the archives and mothman part one could use your help so go ahead and give that a download check i believe out.
2: that's when i laid out the olivia wild curse too is in that episode mm-hmm.
0: yeah and guess what she hasn't won an oscar no since. she has not
1: that's a teaser go check it out <laughs> but if you uh so if you find out that someone's a skinwalker um they're going to try and kill you before you can expose it because once a skinwalker is exposed it dies interesting yeah I exposed Mike as a
0: skin fluter, he tried to kill me. A In- ago. You incorrectly <laughs> exposed me as it. Got to get your definitions there uh, up to date. Better go check out Urban Dictionary. <laughs> we can't use that. I'm sorry. I'm stop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> to so uh, to, to keep their secret safe, the skinwalkers use something called corpse powder. And it's a powder made from dead bodies, and they blow it in the face of someone who realizes that that they're a skinwalker.
0: How does how does a skinwalker know when someone realizes they're a skinwalker?
1: I think it would be like um, they're like scared, like oh fuck, it's a skinwalker. Mm. That's what I imagine. <laughs> That's what. So if I they meant. were like, oh, it's a skinwalker. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, now I, guess. I know. Well, he said this is all like really third, fourth hand shit because yeah, they I'm won't talk about man. it. But so the skinwalkers
0: have this dust that if they know that you know, they could take you out. Right,
1: they'd blow it in your face. and It's said to uh, cause your, your tongue to turn black, have convulsions, and then you eventually die.
0: I want some of that corpse powder. Come in handy. You want your tongue to turn in black?
1: I want to blow on people. Oh, you want people. to people.
0: Yeah, that wouldn't be too bad at all to have. <laughs> Keep that in the back pocket. Next time we get a bad iTunes review, just go ahead and blow a little bit of that. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Think twice. Mm-hmm.
1: But like we were saying, like none of this is concrete information. It's just it's just what I, what's out there because the Navajo just they refuse to talk about it, um, and it's. Just it comes from rare occurrences when someone from the tribe has talked to someone or there's a guy and I can't remember his name, but he married into a Navajo family and he was on he was on coast to coast a bunch Hmm. talking shit. Sounds like a real pain in the ass. Like that's all he wants to talk about with his in-laws. And they're probably like, motherfucker, this is like forbidden knowledge. Why do you keep bringing (laughs) those skinwalkers? Who brought this asshole (laughs) into the family?
0: (laughs) They should blow that dust in his face. (laughs) Right.
1: And like we also said, that the Uinta Basin is also a hot spot for UFOs. And starting in the 60s, the reports blew up in the basin. A man named Joseph Hicks, who was a local in the area, started documenting all these UFO sightings. And he came to the conclusion that a lot of them that he documented, 80 of them were actually credible. And he contacted a guy named Dr. Frank Salisbury, and the two worked together for 2 years and eventually put out the book The Utah UFO Display.
2: So how is this book viewed by the UFO community? Credible? Legitimate?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's really uh well researched. It's just mm-hmm. like a layout of credible cases okay. that were It's like all UFO books. It's not like super entertaining or anything like that, you know. It's just just fact Here's days, this, this, here's this. Yeah. And When did this book come out? Uh, 70s. Okay. Mid 70s. When Dr. Salisbury and Joseph Hicks put out their book, there wasn't anything in it about Skinwalker Ranch. But in the 2005 book, Hunt for the Skinwalker, it's claimed that the ranch is like the beating heart of paranormal activity in the Uinta Basin. So it's either one of two things. Either nothing was happening in 1973 when Dr. Salisbury wrote his book, or the people at the ranch living there at the time weren't talking about paranormal stuff going on.
2: Well that's interesting.
1: Yeah. So when all this, Or sh- did
2: maybe the widespread coverage, you know, from the book of the whole area maybe force them to I don't know, consolidate into this one ranch? Maybe. I don't know.
1: Yeah. It well, could
2: be anything, I guess.
1: Well, we'll get into it here, some arguments to back and forth on and if something was going on at this ranch for as long as George Knapp and mm-hmm. Colin Kelleher say or or not. Because after Hunt for the Skinwalker came out, Dr. Salisbury wanted to find out why he hadn't heard anything back when he was researching right. his book on this. So he tracked track down a guy named Garth Myers, who was the brother of Kenneth Myers, who used to live at the ranch with his wife, Edith. Garth was the one who negotiated the sale of the ranch in 1994, And according to Garth, Kenneth and Edith lived there without issue until Kenneth died in 1987. Edith lived there alone for another five years until she was moved to a nursing home. She died in 1994, and that's when ownership transferred over to Garth, and the sale was made to the Gorman family. Garth stands by the fact that in the 60 years his brother lived there, never once did he ever talk about anything weird happening on the ranch. Um... And most people in town weren't much help either with finding anything out about the Myers because they didn't really socialize with anybody. They really kind of, mm-hmm. like hermits, kind of really kept to themselves.
2: I mean, 60 years is a long time to live on that ranch.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's a, we'll, and we'll get into it later on after all the activity, you know, that did something was there nothing going on there and then it just happened or did they make peace with whatever was happening there and live alongside it after a while yeah. yeah yeah now like this can be seen a couple a couple a diff- couple different ways you could see it as garth is right and nothing ever happened or possibly his brother just didn't tell him anything about it and you could also see the point of view of the stigma that comes along with saying you saw something like that and especially at that time in They bought the ranch in, I think it was 1933. So in 1933, like you alluded to in the intro, sky portals. If you saw a sky, a fucking portal open up in the sky in the 30s, there's probably not even really anything to compare Mm. that to, or, you know. How do you explain that? Right. You don't, right. And then when talking to Dr. Salisbury, Garth was very adamant that everything talked about in the Uinta Basin was all just bullshit and stories. None of it was real. Everything was just folklore that was going on there. Hmm. Joseph Hicks kind of goes back against that because he said when he was getting stories for the book, he said he was told by someone working in a local store that if he wanted some real UFO stories, he should go talk to Edith Myers. But because they had so many credible people coming up to them just like willing to talk about their UFO stories, he never went out of his way to approach her I mean he's not going to go beat on this lady's door asking her about UFOs if she doesn't want to talk about it there's enough people that are that willing want to it. talk and at,
0: but at that point was she already out of that home
1: no she was still there this was in
0: those five years after her husband had died
1: this was all they were writing the book in the 70s okay there's this this weird issue of digging on the property In the book, Hunt for the Skinwalker*, it's stated that there's a strange clause in the sale of the ranch that if any digging happened on the property, the Gorman family would have to contact the previous owners. Gar says it's because of mineral rights, but people in town that knew Kenneth said that he was always really weird about work being done on the ranch and would say, quote, bad things can happen if you dig in the wrong spot.
0: Hmm. Which I mean is a vague
2: statement though. Yeah. Also. Yeah. But. And mineral rights not transferring is not that out of the
1: ordinary. No, especially for out that way. Yeah. So I mean that could be completely valid. But regardless of what the what the real story is, as far as the past of the ranch, in nineteen ninety four the Gormans moved in with their two kids.
0: So the the uh, Gormans move into this the 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 ranch, and then this is where we start to get that buffet of uh all the goodies that people tune in the pod to want to listen to, oh, yeah, to hear this, about. This is where Some shit. UFOs, some cow mutilation. Some zombie wolves. Zombie wolves, seven foot tall black humanoids. Gonna... Almost straight out of Betty and Barney Hill style, the way they looked uh, in their spaceship, right? Didn't they look all black mm-hmm. as Betty and Barney Hill described them? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So we'll talk about Betty Hill being a crack whore right after this. <laughs>
2: Since 2010, Just Brew Coffee has worked tirelessly to perfect the roasting process and technique, which has resulted in seriously delicious, always flavorful, and never bitter-tasting coffee. If you're already drinking JBC, raise your mug. If you're not, raise your standards. Check them out on social media and remember, they roast, you just brew. Check out their new online store at youjustbrew.com and up your coffee game today. Use code NECRO15 to receive 15% off your order of two pounds or more.
1: So in the book that made this place popular, The Hunt for the Skinwalker, the last name Gorman is not the family's last real last name. Their last name is Sherman, and that leaked out later on. But when you read about this, you see it can get real confusing because some people still use Gorman, some people use Sherman, and it gets really, like, if you didn't know what you were looking for, it, it, you're like, wait a second, who are these Sherman mm-hmm. people all well, of a sudden? Well, they call it Sherman Ranch,
0: too, sometimes. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So but for the, so
0: in that book, The Hunt for Skinwalker, Gorman's what they used, so that's what's commonly used now is just the name of that family.
1: Yeah, and we're going to use it. We're just going to stick with Gorman's because that's what the book says and just for the sake of, we'll just stick with the book. Plus they wanted to keep, they didn't want their names to be leaked out. And it's kind of shitty that it did get leaked out because they did not want any of this to, sure. they didn't want to be associated with any of this. The Gormans were a ranch cattle family that moved to the ranch from New Mexico to be more secluded and focus on raising their cattle. And the, the, the town that they moved from in New Mexico is like this tiny like no one lives their town, so mm-hmm. that was too uh, too busy for them. Like they needed <laughs> right. to be out. <laughs> they wanted nothing. Right. <laughs> and they were very serious cattle ranchers who raised extremely high end and expensive cattle. I know one of their big things was the the bulls raising them and then selling the the bull semen for okay. whatever purposes.
0: Dave, and all of your grilling. I know you're a big fan of your grilling. You've posted about it on Instagram. I think. Have you ever used bull semen to beef up your meat? I <laughs> <laughs> I have not. Okay. I've eaten uh, bull testicles,
2: though. Rocky Mountain Oysters. I've not had Are they good? Eh, that's all right. I've never had them. It wasn't
0: great. Just kind of not, not tasty? Nah, not really. Where'd you have those? In Colorado. What's the movie, the Chevy Chase movie? Oh, Shit where he eats something he doesn't know what he's eating and he sets the restaurant record and then once he sets it they tell him oh my gosh he moves out to the country he's a writer fuck
1: <laughs> that sounds very Google. familiar i don't know
0: chevy chase right. you guys can talk about something funny farm <laughs> i've Have never seen funny i've farm? never seen that no oh man one was that from Early '90s, maybe late '80s, hmm. like right in the, the heyday of the vacation movies, I right. think. But yeah, and anyways, they're 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 moving out from the city to a farm, and he's a writer, and but they stop along the way, and he's eating these whatever he doesn't know, and he sets the record, and then they tell <laughs> him that they're they're bull testicles, and he just starts spitting them out. <laughs> fantastic! That's what I think of every time I hear of that now. But now I, I I would love to try them at least once. Eh, it's
1: not great, not terrible. I'm indifferent. <laughs> This was like, this was their livelihood, were these, were the, were the cattle. Um, so when they first moved in, everything seemed normal until a day that they had an encounter with a wolf. About five months after they moved in, Tom Gorman was tending to cattle with his son Tad. They saw a wolf off in the distance. The wolf got closer, and Todd, er, and Tom realized that this wasn't a normal wolf. He said the wolf was about three times the size of a normal wolf, which would put it more along the lines of a dire wolf, which has been extinct for over 10,000 years. Right.
2: Mike, who else do we know that has a dire wolf? Shit. What? Like who? I don't know. Maybe Jon Snow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sansa Stark. Yep, nope. Aria Stark. Sorry. <laughs> Lost. Lost. all one. Only a couple are left.
0: but you know. is this Game of Thrones? Is that what that is? Jon <laughs> of Snow? Of course it is. Okay. No, I'm sorry. Hopefully our listeners get that joke. I sure didn't. For those of you that are still with us after that, thank you for sticking along. I'm fairly certain all
2: of our listeners... List watched uh, Game of Thrones besides every single one of yeah. them.
0: You said all of our listeners. I'm
2: gonna say 97.5 percent. <laughs> yes,
1: that point five is somebody just seen a co- at least a couple episodes. <laughs> I have not even seen
0: a. I have not even seen a clip of an episode. I sent you that clip with AC/DC over. Oh, you oh, you did, mm. yeah. yeah. I don't know if you can consider a real clip if Angus <laughs> no, yeah. Young is shredding some <laughs> notes behind it. If it was ACDC the entire show, I probably would have tuned in. I don't I don't hate the show. I'm not, a, I'm not a hater of it. It's just not something I ever watched. I bet if I watched an episode, I'd probably get into it. But that whole fantasy genre type is not something I'm attracted to, typically, mm. Yeah. in general. That science fiction also, you can probably tell with my reluctance in these alien stories sometimes to believe. Yeah. Whatever. Signs was a good movie.
1: Signs was a good movie. <laughs>
0: <It's> swing away. <laughs> so is that, plausible. Is that the one with Mel Gibson? <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. That alien. Swing away,
0: Merle. Swing away. <laughs> is that from the movie? I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah that sorry. alien walks. Walk now. That's creepy as fuck when you is that finally best, see that alien.
0: Is that the best M. Night Shyamalan movie?
1: Uh, I don't know much of what else there is. No. No, There's like Sixth that.
0: Sense. The Village was a little creepy, but it's I don't know anything else. Silly. But aren't they all a little silly, his movies?
2: I, I mean, I, The Sixth Sense is the best one, right?
1: I like the Unbreakable series. I like Unbreakable. I, like I would Ad put Unbreakable as, as number I, two. Maybe
0: I didn't. Did I see that one?
1: It's the one with Bruce. Well, you don't like Bruce Willis.
0: Oh, no, no, no. But I saw the second one, though. Oh. Like, um, but, like...
1: Glass, the new one? No, 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 no the one, one with the, He has the personalities. Yeah, Split. Split. Oh. Those... I love those three movies. So those Split really was good. really good. Split was all right. But yeah. it,
0: it wasn't a sequel, though, because it's not like you had to see the Bruce Willis one necessarily.
1: But if you watch the third one, then you need to see the first two. Correct. Yeah. From what
0: I understand. Right. But, but I thought Split was pretty good. I yeah. forgot he did those.
1: Those were good. So, uh... <laughs> So back to, back to this dire wolf. Back yeah, to we've what? Talked, we've talked way too much about fucking
0: Bruce Willis on this show.
1: So Tom said as this wolf approached them, they didn't feel threatened, and it almost seemed like the like the wolf was tame, and it allowed Tom to pet it. One of the calves stuck its head through the fencing, and just out of nowhere, the wolf just shot over and bit this calf around the head. And so Tom was like, fuck this is a shit ton of money here and he started yeah. kicking the wolf and, uh, and wouldn't let go so he sent his son to get a 357 out of the truck at this point would you say the situation with the wolf was dire <laughs> <laughs> I think it was I would mean, say it was <laughs> so Tom fired a single shot into the wolf's chest but nothing happened. There was no blood and the wolf didn't react. It took two more shots from the three fifty seven before the uh, before the wolf let go, but all it did was just walk a little ways back and turn around and stare at the family. Like what the fuck you gonna do about yeah. it? Yeah. So Tom sent his son to get the thirty out six, which is strong enough to bring down an elk. He said it took two shots from this gun for anything to happen to the wolf. In the second shot, all it did was take a piece off of its shoulder, which made it run off. Tom, wanting to make sure that the wolf didn't come back, went after and followed its tracks to kill it. But after about 60 yards, the tracks just stopped, like the wolf had vanished. And there's a river that runs through the ranch, and that's where it was walking towards. And he said that, like the paw prints, like it was going down into the mud, like these were deep prints, and it was like kicking up mud, and then... It just stopped, like nothing. Then never went into the water. Mm-hmm. Just stopped.
2: Didn't we have that kind of scenario with the missing 411 where people just walked and the 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 the, the, the footprints
0: just stopped,
1: right? Mm-hmm.
0: Also, did did we have that with Dyatlov Pass too? Mm-hmm. We have footprints stopping. Yeah. Yeah. When
1: they got when they went back to the cattle to look at the piece of the shoulder that had come off the wolf, <clears throat> Tom said it was already rotten. And he said it was like he shot it off something that was already dead. Mm. In the following couple days, Tom's wife, Ellen, had seen the wolf again and went to the tribal police to complain about the wolf. But they told her there hadn't been a wolf in the area since 1929.
0: How the fuck do they know that?
1: It went extinct in that area. Wolves in general? Mm Mm-hmm. They repopulated them. I that was very recently. It yeah. wasn't back then. No. And this
0: was one. What when are we looking at here now? Nineteen
1: ninety four. Like this whole sequence is very mm. strange. Yeah, but this. Yeah, this was that was just a not like five like, or some years yeah, I think ago. That's I right. Yeah. yeah, I guess yeah. they
0: would under they would know if there was wolves in the area. So.
1: Yeah, yeah, and like I said, they you know like we were saying, they just repopulated it. But so this ranch butts right up to the reservation, right? Right. There's a ridge that goes. Mm-hmm. Between the Ute Reservation and the ranch, and that ridge is the path of the Skinwalker. So the tribal police would know. Yeah. I mean, this is basically like... The whole area is Ute Mm -hmm. Reservation, except for this ranch, pretty much. After the Wolf incident, the family started experiencing poltergeist activity. Food and kitchen items would be moved into the refrigerator or oven when they didn't belong there. Then doors and cabinets... In the house started to open and close on their own.
0: Do you think that they
1: took like SpaghettiOs and put them in the microwave,
0: you know, a place that doesn't belong because that should never be heated up? <laughs> and I think Dave can agree with me now.
2: <laughs> I, I got to say, I found some SpaghettiOs in my cupboard this week and That's I said, cool. let me give it the mic treatment and try to just eat from the can and... I got to admit, it was pretty fucking delicious. I think, I swear (laughs) to God, they
0: taste better. We've talked about this on the show, right? I think it was during the Roswell, right? When they were eating fucking beans out of a can in his shack, waiting Mm -hmm. for sun to come up to go, you know, look at a weather balloon. And I said,
1: said you ate like a homeless person.
0: (laughs) All that Chef Boyardee shit. I I actually think it tastes better out of the can and not warmed up. It tastes better at room temperature.
1: It was pretty good. And
0: you know, off the waste getting a bowl all dirty and nasty... Get yourself a spoon and just eat right out. It's pretty good. And you also I, eat you soup right out
1: of the can too, right? The,
0: just the Campbell's Chunky Soup, which is essentially the same thing. It's all just packaged in there. But um, you had the meatballs spaghettios, which I have not had in a long time.
2: I had one of each actually. Oh, did you? I repeated it the next day because it was so good. See,
0: I would be nervous at first about the meatballs, but they were all right. Not cooked, like yeah, it was fun. Just, you know. Oh, well, that shit's cooked. Well, it's cooked. I, right? you know, hey, you don't have to sell it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I just had the chicken pub style Campbell's chunky soup the other mm. day. It's fucking delicious. Campbell's.
1: Yeah, I chicken can't, pub style. I can't remember the last time I had soup. It's been years, I, I love feel that like shit. since I've had Years, soup. probably. Yeah. But unless you consider chili a soup. soup is good food, man. I <laughs> know. I have nothing against it. <laughs> I don't consider <laughs> I don't consider chili a soup,
0: but I That's think chili's it. delicious also. Mm-hmm. Either way, go to your local grocery store, buy yourself some SpaghettiOs or some Campbell's Chunky Soup, try it out of the can, and let (laughs) us know what you think. I'm telling you, if you like that shit in general, you won't be disappointed. If you're willing to eat it warmed up in a bowl, you're going to eat it out of a can, and you're going to enjoy it just as much. If you're someone who looks down upon all of that, then don't do it, because you're going to fucking get grossed out. Go eat a kale salad or something. (laughs) It's pretty specific. Yeah. What do you have against
1: kale? Nothing, but whatever. Whatever. I'm not a healthy eater, so. No, neither am I, so I'm not going to act like.
0: I think all of us at times try to be healthy eaters, but there's also times when all of us are pieces of shit and we drink and eat. Dave's eating Mm -hmm. bull testicles. I'm eating SpaghettiOs out of a can. You're eating Mm -hmm. Wendy's triple cheeseburgers. Mm -hmm. I'll eat
1: anything. So, yeah, they had the stuff would show up in the refrigerator or the oven when they didn't belong there. Um, Doors and cabinets in the house started to open and close on their own. And the stuff could easily be explained away by their kids just messing around. But like classic Poltergeist stuff, just it was gradually ramping up, like seeing what what it could accomplish. Kind of like the get away um, with. Yeah, yeah.
2: So do we think these skinwalkers felt that the family and this ranch were invaders onto the Indian reservation? I mean, is that the working theory here?
1: As we go along this, I, I it's, it's almost like the the Gormans are living on its land, Omo. It's like yet this, there's
0: no account hmm? of anything happening to the Myers family.
1: No, but what's interesting about this Polar Guy stuff with the uh, the kitchen cabinets opening and closing, when the Gormans moved in, they said that there were sliding locks on all the kitchen cabinets and shit, and that there's these big-ass locks on the doors that shouldn't have been there. And Garth said, the, the uh, former owner's brother, said there was no locks anywhere. But then a neighbor, a ranch over, said that he... 100 percent remembered that there were locks all over that house and so if there were really locks on everything that would kind of explain why there would be they're like all right well you keep opening and closing the cabinets we're i mean just that would that would be there there'd em. be
0: more questions sure
1: yeah and especially
0: if garth is lying about it
1: well and garth i don't think going back to him i don't think he was like uh like intentionally trying to like, shit on anything. I think it sounded more like he's a guy from that, t- an old guy from that time, and it's like, I'm not, I don't want my name associated with any of this yeah. alien shit and all this stuff, you know. But um, but then
0: why lie about all that stuff? Like, oh, there's no locks. They never said anything. Because
1: I just don't think he wanted his name associated with the or his brother's name associated with any of this or, okay. or any of it. So like we said, it starts ramping up. One day, Ellen was alone at the house and put away a bunch of groceries. She left the kitchen for a few minutes. And when she came back, all of the groceries were put back onto the kitchen table and she didn't hear, hear a sound like That's nothing. Freaky. Yeah. Tom also started experiencing this, this ramping up of, of poltergeist activity. One day, while he was working on the ranch, he left a post hole digger on the ground as he walked back to his truck. And when he came back a couple minutes later, the post hole digger was gone. And then a few weeks later, this post hole digger reappeared up in a tree that was about 20 feet <laughs> from the ground. All right. Just a little chilling. stranger. Yeah. Yeah. A little
0: stranger than the groceries. He must not remember getting shit-faced and throwing that up in the tree. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: don't want to dig any fucking post holes
0: tonight.
1: <laughs> but the most, uh, the most powerful poltergeist activity that happened was to Tom's son Tad and a few of his friends. They were given a job of moving about 200 metal poles from the front yard to the back and when Tom got home he found that the poles were still in the spot they were when he left that morning. The boys swore that they did the job that morning and had no idea how they would have gotten back to the front and upon looking further Tom could see that the poles weren't put back in the exact same spot because where they were sitting originally, they had made indents into the ground because they were super heavy poles. Mm. And I don't think, I mean, some teenage kids aren't going to be like, "Hey, let's pull this prank and go move over a hundred pounds worth of metal poles, mm. and then or just move them slightly over to to fuck around." People you don't know?
0: think they just got stoned all day? And I mean, they <clears throat> they that one, I don't know. They could have. But that just seems like an odd prank to do all that work, mm-hmm. when you could have just done the same work and not have done the prank. If you're going to move 200 poles, why not just move 200 poles?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you guarantee he's not going to pay him to redo the job. Right. I would assume not. For the kind of guy that Tom sounds like, the strict uh, ranch Well, if he is also guy. a strict dick, though, then that makes more
0: sense why they would just pull this kind of piece of Fuck shit move. Tom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and your stupid
2: son, Tad. So we talked earlier about Tom not, you know, not wanting a book to be written or anything about this. So where do we have all these stories? Like, how did he, So how did he uh, relate these stories to someone and where did this all Art come Mel. from?
1: We'll get into that in part two. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll get right. into That's into fun. that in part two.
0: Ah, that little teaser.
1: But but the thing too is with this Poltergeist stuff, at first they didn't talk, like, Tom and and his wife Ellen didn't talk about it with each other because they're like, what the like, am I going nuts here, you know? But then as stuff started happening, then they started like saying it to you, like, well, yeah. what the fuck is happening? And this wasn't like it made me think of um the the Gulf Breeze one where we talked about what's his face Ed Walters gone out there in his underwear screaming, <laughs> right? And then he went back inside, went to sleep, and then the UFO woke him up back later in uh And I think you said something along the lines of like, well, if that really happened, you wouldn't fall back asleep. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing here is this stuff keeps ramping up like this scared the shit out of them. Like this wasn't uh, they weren't falling back asleep. No, no. This this scared the shit out of them.
0: Ed Walters was the guy jumping through his bushes in his underwear. Right. Yeah. or Like in the movie. We, we said that it would show him like shooting at spaceships, but then it would show the neighbor's view of him just going like, <laughs> how's that go, Dave? Pew, 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 pew. pew. Shooting over the sky yes. and the neighbor's like, what the fuck is this crazy guy doing?
1: Yeah, Tom had, or uh, Ed Walters had a loaded gun aiming <laughs> it at the sky. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Screaming. No, not pew, pew, pew. That's what the aliens were doing to him. Yeah.
0: Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> There's Star Wars lasers going by.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was... Uh, he was going straight burbs out there with a loaded gun. <laughs> things would get... A lot, this is where things got start getting a lot, lot stranger than just poltergeist stuff. They started to experience this phenomenon called chupas. In the 1970s, there was a wave of UFO sightings in Brazil that were called chupas. These were reported as resembling RVs with no wheels that hovered. <laughs> And they were said to be extremely smooth and seamless like they were made of porcelain and gave off very bright light. The other way I heard them described is like almost looked like refrigerators. It's a new one. Yeah. Just like yeah, refrigerators not, that were just like floating around. We've never around. discussed
0: UFOs like that before.
1: Yeah. And people that said it too said like when they that these things would almost that they would like shine light at them. And so when you when the light hit them like it was almost like you could hold the light like it was like blanketing. <laughs> Hmm. Which is really hmm. a weird. Uh, so I googled "chupa"
2: and it said it's Brazilian Portuguese slang for "suck it." Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's also
0: out there. <laughs> so that's also a theory, Dave. A lot of people sucking dicks out there. Big RV-style dicks <laughs> that smooth and seamlessly go in mm-hmm. and out of your mouth. Skin fluters, if you will. <laughs> yeah, there. Now you're catching on. <laughs>
1: So the first occurrence of these uh, these RV-looking UFOs was when Tom's nephew, Dave, was sent to the ranch for a, quote, toughening-up visit. Oh, boy. So Poor it, Dave. Yeah, he was uh, from the city, which I don't know what the city would be considering <laughs> out there. Like, if he was from a big city or if he was just from a small like town. Salt Lake City, maybe? Maybe. But yeah, He had he,
2: his magic Mormon underpants in a bunch <laughs> and had to go out and learn how to be
0: manly. That's a different story for a different
1: day. <laughs> So one one night, um, Tom, who knew that Dave was afraid of the dark, forced Dave and Tad to take a night walk with oh, him. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> um, and Tom had been warned by locals about weird things happening at night, and not even just the weird things; just other animals that are out. Like it mm-hmm. wasn't exactly safe to be out wandering around at night. But uh, but Tom loved walking around at night and wasn't going to give up on him. So, as they were walking, Tom spotted some lights that looked like um, an RV in the distance. And he was already having problems with um, illegal poachers coming on the ranch hunting. So, Tom and the boys went to go get them off the property. Just as they started walking towards the vehicle, it began to drive away, but it was silent. And Tom noticed that the lights, that they weren't bouncing up and down as it was driving. So, it was like... You know, you'd think if it was something driving, you know, you'd see, but it was just... Smooth. Yeah. As they chased after it, the vehicle started to just smoothly raise itself over the fences, moving away from them. And finally, the vehicle reached a grove of trees at the end of the property, and Tom thought that they had it cornered. But as they continued to get closer, the vehicle... That he realized then was not an RV, but it was like this smooth porcelain, like refrigerator-looking thing huh. rose sil- smoothly and silently straight up, and then just flew away over the trees. So this obviously, oh, damn. yeah, and this scared the shit out of uh, out of his nephew Dave, who yeah. started cr- Dave. started crying and then was went back home the next day.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, then there's crying Dave.
2: <laughs> I don't like flying RVs, Uncle Tom.
0: Motherfuckers.
2: You're a bad
0: man. He woke up the next day and was like, I'm going home. <laughs> hate you
1: guys. He called his mom all, Yeah. Yeah. Mom, there's a
0: flying refrigerator. I hate the dark. Why'd you make me do this? <laughs>
1: that sounds terrible. Sent to a ranch for a toughening up visit. Yeah. I, I hate the outdoors, man. I would. That sounds uh, terrible. You and
0: me both, brother. <laughs> like, where's
2: my Xbox, Uncle Tom? <laughs> Fuck you and your ranch.
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> I have to fucking pack a backpack just to go check the mail in case I get lost. <laughs> let alone in fucking actual outdoorsy shit. Yeah. Sleeping outside, like nothing is less appealing to me than wanting to go sleep outside.
1: I can't even I, walk home from somewhere in our neighborhood so could you 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 imagine me going out in the woods
0: no that would not be good for you no you would fucking end up on missing 411 (laughs) but it would not be a conspiracy just like oh yeah makes sense that dude got lost (laughs) he's gone (laughs) fuck sleeping on grass
1: so the next encounter with these vehicles was with one that tom said was about 30 to 40 feet long and uh and hovered about 20 feet from the ground. Tom said it was uh, covered with multicolored lights around the bottom that were scanning the ground like it was looking for something. Hmm. And he watched it do this for a while, and then it just rose up and silently flew away.
2: Is it safe to assume there's no video of any of these occurrences?
0: Uh, That would be too
1: convenient. (laughs) No, no, the, the, he didn't document any of this stuff. And mm.
0: we'll, we'll, well, in all fairness, Dave, there's no cell reception out there. What do you want them to do? Bust up their iPhones and start recording this? I, I there's think no reception.
2: After, I, I think after this happens a couple times, I might have, you know, my video camera ready to go.
1: Well, I we'll, don't disagree. We'll get into it. <laughs> the uh, so the the creepiest encounter with with these RV shaped UFOs happened to Ellen while Tom was out of town. Ellen said she was doing uh, just doing things around the house when she looked outside and noticed this RV vehicle just sitting not far from the house. It was close enough that she could see that it had windows and inside the window was a black humanoid figure that looked like it was sitting at a desk. The figure got up and walked outside the vehicle and Ellen said that she figured that it would have been around seven feet tall in comparison to what a normal... RV would, the size of a normal RV would be. She said this figure was all black and looked like it had a black visor over its face and it just stood there and stared at her.
0: So didn't, and we had touched on this, Betty and Barney Hill allege kind of like the all black humanoid type figures, right? Yeah. Where Have we ever heard seven feet tall though? We always hear like short, like with like the classic grays or whatever else.
1: Yeah, no, these are... This is these black figures that happen on the ranch are like unique to to the ranch because it's not like um it's not like they're wearing anything they're just because right, the
0: other ones all had outfits or uniforms right on.
1: these are just black black like shadow featureless figures. yeah solid figures hmm. so Ellen called Tom and told him to get home as soon as possible and when she got off the phone and went. With time and went back, the object was gone. No camera,
2: I assume? No. Oh, that's weird.
1: <laughs> don't be a... Philip class over, over, over there. Philip
0: class over here, geez. <laughs> At least I have evidence to support my Betty Hill shit.
1: <laughs> when Tom... Wait, what? You don't have evidence. <laughs> I, I don't think that's true. We
0: never told the story of the missing crack pipe that was found in her bag. <laughs>
1: So when, when Tom got home to check where, the, where this object had been, the only thing that he found was a set of 18-inch footprints that were just completely smooth. So it was like the other things where it was just floating there. There were no tracks. So maybe Shaq was hiking in the area <laughs> yeah. that night. I don't
0: know. <laughs> well, he would at least have like some Orlando Magic or L.A. Lakers or who else he'd play for. The Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, That's yeah, right, for like did. one season. I forgot that <laughs> yeah.
2: he lived out here, right by us. Did he Not in the Medina? Too far and Hinkley?
0: Huh? Hmm. they do? Did they do anything that season? No. There it's was Cleveland. Year so of course before LeBron
2: came back, wasn't it?
0: I thought it was with LeBron. Why yeah. would Shaq come to Cleveland if LeBron wasn't here? What was I I it? Was, I don't know. I thought
2: it was the year before.
0: I don't watch basketball. I don't remember. It's been a long time. I watch real sports like NASCAR. <laughs> Ian, continue. <laughs>
1: So, and then this this brings us to uh, to my favorite part of the story, which is the orange portals. Mm. And I can't even talk about my favorite part until next week on part two. But. He's so giddy <laughs> right now.
0: God damn, this like our whole Jonestown series where he just had a boner for three weeks straight.
1: <laughs> so, over the two years that the Gormans lived on the ranch, they saw, sometimes every once in a while they had seen this floating orange mass in the sky, This this orange mass would change shape. Sometimes it would look more elongated. Sometimes it would look perfectly round, like he said, like a setting sun. But inside of it was what Tom described as a quote different sky. He said at night that he could use binoculars to look into this object and just see a distinctly blue sky, like it was daytime on the other, (laughs) like inside this thing. Yeah. Um. Like it was looking into another world. In one of these instances, Tom said while he was looking at it with a hunting scope, he saw a black triangular object just, like, get larger and larger until it flew out of the portal and just disappeared into the night sky.
0: Like his own real night sky.
1: Right, yeah.
2: So is this, like, an interdimensional portal or a stargate or something like that?
1: Yeah, because, well, you would think that you could look at it or that, for the size of this thing and what they described is that more people other than just them in the area would be able to see this thing.
0: Yeah. Oh, were they describing as big? Like,
1: Yeah, pretty decent sized, uh, mm-hmm. decent sized thing. And then um, because what, what Tom found is that if you, the object changed shape depending on where you were positioned looking at it. So after looking at it from different angles, he realized that, this object was flat like a piece of paper that it would go completely out of view from a certain angle and the only place that you could see it in the like in complete view like a circle was right at the um the first homestead on the ranch so there's there's three homesteads on the ranch and one of them is where there's the most of the activity occurred and that you would have to like stand directly in front of this homestead to be able to see this thing
0: who Ooh. occupied the other homesteads on the ranch. One of
1: them's complete was completely abandoned. So I think they lived Did in tab one. Tad live in the other one. No. <laughs> one was completely abandoned, like run down, abandoned. Okay. But none of this stuff was uh that they were experiencing so far were like dangerous to them. Like that's what we were talking earlier it was like almost like this stuff's just happening around them. Like they're just living in the middle of all this stuff going on mm-hmm. around them. Until this whatever was going on here started going after their cattle. The cattle mutilation—it's not unique to Skinwalker Ranch, and it's something that goes alongside with UFO sightings for since forever. It's not limited to cattle, but that's the most common target. It also happens to horses, dogs, goats, but usually hmm. cows. You guys know what a
2: hundred cows in a field masturbating is called? Mm-mm. Beef stroganoff. <laughs>
0: This guy. See him on tour. (laughs) (laughs) The ugliest sounding dish of all time. Delicious. Also, it's pretty delicious. Love me some beef stroking off. (laughs) What?
1: The mutilations are always done with like surgical precision, and there isn't well, ninety nine percent of the time there isn't any blood left behind, like it yeah, was completely Yeah, the lack of sucked. blood here is
2: intriguing. It's yeah, odd. it's very strange. It's odd. It's
1: mm-hmm. during the seventies, cases of uh, animal mutilation became such an issue that Senator Floyd Haskell from Colorado contacted the FBI to investigate. Um, 130 cases that happened in his state. When the FBI finally released their report, they had found that there were 8,000 unexplained cases of animal mutilation in Colorado alone in the past 10 years, so that would have been for the whole decade of of the 70s. There were also so many in the Uinta Basin that the FBI attempted to just make it into one big investigation, just bring them along with it. What's weird about the whole mutilation, the phenomena of cattle mutilation is no one's ever been arrested for any of these. Mm. And it just it's always just like a complete mystery as to Does the Chupacabra stuff tie into the mutilations at all? Because don't those do the same thing?
0: Yeah, they
2: they, I don't know.
1: We
0: haven't discussed them yet on Necronomapod, have we?
1: (laughs) So getting back to uh, to Tom Gorman, one day it was snowing on the ranch when he was trying to track down a cow that had gotten away from the herd. The snow made it easy for him to follow its tracks, but then he noticed the tracks changed like the cow started running. The weird thing with this was that there were no other tracks alongside the cows to give it a reason to run like something was going after it. And again, like other times in this story, the tracks just stopped like the, like mm. the cow had disappeared. Weird. The first cow that Tom found that was actually dead was one that just had a hole drilled into its left eye with the rest of the animal being untouched. There was no tracks indicating what would have done this to it, and the only thing left behind was uh, a faint chemical smell that he said he didn't recognize what kind of chemical it would have been. The next cow that they would find was while Tom and his son Tad were herding cattle during a rainstorm... As they were herding a calf, Tad noticed a cow that was stuck in one of the fences. So they got the calf back with the herd, and then about 20 minutes later, they went back for the cow that was stuck. When they found it, the cow was dead, and it had a six-inch-wide hole cored out of its rectum, and no blood anywhere. Rectum? It killed him! <laughs> God. <laughs> oh boy. This is Ciamontour.
0: <laughs> <ornament. laughs> yeah. Jeez. Let
2: me get that freaking soundboard ready to go. So Barney Hill mm-hmm. was pretty lucky. I mean, relatively speaking, right? Yeah, he only got probed yeah.
0: and had to marry that whore. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys ever eaten Cow Them? No. Didn't it's, know that was it's a delicious. thing. delicious. Is that what it's called? It doesn't have like a fancy name, just to try to make it sound a little more appealing. No, I'm just kidding. I have no idea. It sounds disgusting. <laughs> no. I don't
1: think you can really eat that. <laughs> I mean maybe you could, I don't know. <laughs>
0: I would not want to. I mean you could eat any ass, Ian. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> Our friends at Pod Van Dam will tell you all about that. They're big fans of eating ass on that show. Oh yeah? No, at least Ed is. I won't throw Pat under the bus on that one. Alright. Any hoodles. <laughs> He's a salad tossing superstar. <laughs> I think so.
2: Nice. Good for you, Ed. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well done. <laughs> well done indeed. <laughs> so the third dead cow that Tom would find was accompanied by um, strange nights that happened the night before. Strange what? Strange lights. Oh. Did I say strange nights? Say? So you said nights. Oh, you said I? nights. Strange that lights. That actually sounded cool. Strange <laughs> nights, strange
0: what? Strange lights. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a another
1: nice flow to that. So, so Tom saw what looked like uh, yellow spotlights that were scanning the ground from a silent craft one night. When he went out the following morning, where the light was scanning, he found a cow. Again, its rectum was cored out, but this time the coring actually went up into the cow 18 inches. Oh. Again, there was no blood. And this time, one of the cow's ears had been c- cleanly cut off. And this cow, and this is something, there's there's no uh, picture evidence of this, but there is when we get to part two, because this shit keeps happening. But he had tagged these, these cow's ears, and it was just completely clean through the tag and everything. It was just completely smooth, like something mm. really sharp cut this cow's ear off. Um, and it got to the point where Tom would start to expect cow mutilation when he would see these these weird yellow spotlights. Like it was just bound to happen. And he had also given up on night walking at this point too. When he saw those those lights, it's like hey, I'm not gonna, mm-hmm. not call. gonna, am <laughs> not gonna go wandering around out there. Yep. I don't want my rectum uh, cord out.
0: Yeah, I concur. Sit at home and eat some spaghettios,
1: man. <laughs> So, and like we said, this was just, it, up until this point, it's just like the activity was just happening around them. Like they were just living alongside this stuff. And that was until one night that Tom and Ellen were sitting on their front porch trying to relax when they heard the cows getting upset. So Tom got up to check and see what was going on. And he saw this single blue orb of light that was flying around the horse pen that was just kind of buzzing their heads. It was upsetting the cows, but he said the horses didn't really like they were treating it like it was like a fly. Like they didn't really it was annoying yeah. if anything. Then suddenly the orb just shot at high speed toward Tom and Ellen and stopped about twenty feet in front of them and just sat there. Now in in the book there are tons of of occurrences of paranormal shit. You know I mean? We would sit here forever if we went through the whole book, but they had seen orbs of light before, but this was the first time that they could get a close look at one. And Tom said it was somewhere in between the size of a baseball and a basketball, but being able to see it up close, it was clear. And the blue light was coming from what looked like boiling liquid that was inside of the orb. And he also said that, he could hear like a faint static sound coming from it. And this was the first time they had been able to hear a sound come from anything that was flying around. Everything had been silent up until this point.
2: Well, that's getting crazy.
1: Yeah. So as they watched this orb, they said that they were overcome with the greatest fear that they had ever experienced in their lives. Like they didn't know why they were afraid. It was just like this instinctive sensation to their body. Yeah. It was just like this instinctive fear. Mm. that they that came over them so ellen they you know not knowing what to do she picked up a flashlight and aimed it in the direction of the orb it moved out of the way sat for a second and then just shot back toward the horses and disappeared two hours later the orb came back and started hovering past the windows in their house and the lights inside the house reacted to the orbs like when it was near a window, the lights near that window would start to dim and then mm-hmm. brighten back up as it, as it moved away. And Tom and Ellen sat inside just super scared, just waiting for this thing to leave. And after a while, it did. Just I, It was just checking out whatever it wanted to check out and went on its way after a while.
0: What are the odds it was just an Amazon drone, like trying to drop off a package? <laughs> Might have been lost on its way.
2: They might have been bringing a replacement rectum for that cow.
0: Boom,
1: mystery solved. That's it. Go call up George. They didn't, Knapp they didn't and, know
0: Tom and Ellen were just eating some cow ass that night. <laughs> you wrecked them. We fix them. <laughs> that sounds like a Three Stooges type thing.
1: <laughs> so a few days later, Todd or Tom was out uh, in the evening working when he saw the orb return. Return. So Tom pissed off, threw down his pitchfork and started walking towards the orb, to which the orb shot down behind a ridge. So Tom wanted to see if it was really reacting to him. So he hid behind a a large pile of hay and just waited for a while. And after a while, the orb came back over the ridge and started to flow lower to the ground like it was looking for Tom tom jumped out from behind the hay and started yelling at it to which it responded by blinking on and off a couple times and then just flew away this part's interesting because it suggests that whatever the orbs were they were either controlling themselves or they were being controlled by something else and it also suggests that it doesn't have some type of special ability to know what was going on at the ranch at all times because it couldn't find where Tom was. Like, you get other UFO things where people are like, oh, it's, uh-huh. can, it's speaking into my mind. There is some of that speaking into the, into the mind thing in part two, but um, as far as the orbs are concerned, it was like they, they didn't have that type of paranormal thing. Makes sense. And
0: what's interesting is that Tom is trying different things here. Like he's pissed off. He's trying to trick this thing. But it goes back to Dave's point of why couldn't you just bust out like a camcorder? You know. You know, like if you're hiding behind a hay, hay pile, yeah. Hold up a camcorder and let's let's see what's happening. Like
2: I'm sure you're you're at your wit's end at this point. Like, what the fuck is going on right. here?
0: And if you have this much time to plan out that, like, all right, I'm gonna start to tease this thing and mm-hmm. You had enough time to run in back to Radio Shack, you know, 300 miles away and get a camcorder. I mean, I probably would have if that was me. I would have driven as far as I needed to to get a recording device.
1: Right. I mean, that is there. That is part of the skepticism, and that's really, there is no argument for it. You know, to be honest, there is not, you could always say uh, you could have at least tried. You know, I don't know. I mean, the only argument you could make for for Tom is that, They were very, very small town people. They weren't gonna make. They weren't wanting to make a big deal out of this, Mm -hmm. you know. I I suppose. Yeah, but as the uh, as their stay at the ranch was winding down, word had slowly started to get out that there was some weird shit happening on the property. And one day, this uh, a random guy with long blonde hair showed up at Tom's gate. And according in the book, he sounds like a real. uh, like hippie kind of guy. Was it Kato Kaelin? Kind of what it sounds like. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of exactly what what this guy sounds like. So so he told Tom that he had heard that the ranch was a, quote, special place and wanted to meditate there. So how it's portrayed in the book is that Tom just kind of, like, laughed to himself, like, fuck it, let this idiot on here and meditate. What the hell, I don't give a shit. You know, Mm -hmm. let him come on. So he took this guy out about a mile into the ranch near a grove of trees and, and just let him sit out there and meditate. As Tom was waiting for for this guy, he heard what sounded like a cowbell, but the only problem was Tom didn't put bells on his cows. And he noticed that the trees were kind of moving around and out walked a faceless being that resembled the RV one, but it was wavy, like heat coming off of a street, almost like fucking... um. Like Predator. Yeah. You know, like invisible, but not quite.
2: Was it Christopher Walken needing
1: more cowbell? <laughs> <laughs> this thing started running towards the guy that was meditating. And before Tom could say anything, the being stopped right in front of the guy and just let out this huge, like unearthly roar. Well,
2: that's terrifying.
1: Yeah. And the the, the Cato Kalin guy. Just, just freaked out and started stumbling back and, and grabbed onto Tom and started crying and this being just slowly moved back into the trees and it's exactly like the predator yeah well and it said in the book uh, that this guy was just like freaking out crying and Tom it's, it, the quote was something along the lines of, like if you don't stop or if you don't get off me i'm going to hit you <laughs> Tom's just like my pussy nephew dave <laughs> well i think at this point tom was like look i've been dealing with this shit right. for 2 years yeah. <laughs>
0: relax about it like city you just go home motherfucker
1: kato Kalen's rolling up in here <laughs> get the fuck out do you think out. he brought
0: him a big mac like uh oj yeah he did oj i don't know maybe motherfucker should the one with a quarter pounder with cheese <laughs>
1: In 96, Tom finally had hit his breaking point with everything. One night, the blue orb came back, and Tom was pissed and just decided to let his three hunting dogs go on it. And up until this point, Tom always said that he felt like he was protecting the orb from his dogs because his dogs always wanted to go after it, and he figured they're going to tear up this because mm-hmm. it would fly super low. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and finally, he just said, fuck it and let him go. And the orb led the dogs out to the edge of a tree. And soon the barking changed to yelping sounds from the dogs. And there was no way in hell that Tom was going in, into the grove of trees at nighttime. So as soon as the sun came up, he went out to see what had happened. But all he found were three burnt spots that were just piles of burnt flesh. Like
0: oh, Way to fucking
1: go, Tom. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> so he just blew up his dogs. So that was it. Yeah. That was that was enough. And I always try to put myself into someone's shoes. And I'm, I'm trying to think, like, if this is my livelihood, this is my business, you know. And you don't want to tell people, like, hey, all this weird shit's going on. But literally every dollar you have is invested into this place. Because
2: what options do you have? You're right.
1: right. And it's like, I, I could see myself being like, all right, I don't know what that was, but... I'm going to try to ignore it because sure. I got a lot of money sitting sure. here and this is my job. Well, and what else are you going to do? Right. And then it just keeps ramping up till you hit a breaking yeah. point. And you're like, okay, like what the fuck? Tom contacted a newspaper called the Deseret News. And in June of 1996, they published an article with a quote from Tom that was just, quote, I want this to stop. <laughs> um, like we said before, this, this stuff just scared the shit out of him. This wasn't like... Uh, Ed Walters was just out there falling back asleep after it and, and whatever. Mm-hmm. Little did Tom know that there would be a uh, a billionaire paranormal enthusiast who would read that article and and come to his rescue. And that's where we'll pick up next week, and we'll get into what Tom DeLong from Blink One Eighty Two, Robbie Williams, and a fictional metal that made that makes Wolverine's claws has to do with this story. <laughs> And we'll also get into some very real U.S. Ta- U.S. tax dollars that were spent trying to figure out what the hell was going on at the ranch.
0: If that doesn't bring you back, nothing will.
1: Tom DeLonge, Robbie Williams, and some U.S. tax dollars. Hell yeah. And the Wolverine's claws. Nuts.
0: Yeah, and Wolverine's uh, the metal that made his claws. Yeah, it
1: only gets better from here. This this is my favorite paranormal story. I love this fucking story.
0: This is a wild one, man.
1: Yeah, and the other... Yeah, I mean, Those are kind of like the greatest hits of the book as far as what happens to Tom Gorman. But, I mean, it's a lot more. Oh, yeah. Because here, let me pull. I got it right here on my computer. I found you got to be
0: careful. He might dive into part two right now. (laughs)
1: No, I found this website that um, couldn't find out who is running this website because I... Wanted to make sure it was legit what they were claiming, but they have a description of all the stuff that was seen on the on the ranch, and they talk the spotlight lights, the the orbs of lights, um, mm-hmm. these invisible um, helicopters, which we'll get into, the black triangle, the the zombie wolf, got the um, these disembodied voices. We'll get into. I mean, just tons mm-hmm. and tons of shit that I'm all in on the zombie wolf. Yeah. Yeah, and they called it the yeah, and they called the uh that that being the sentient mist. Oh boy! Yeah, so this right, cool Can't man. wait next week. Fucking love this story. So, and any excuse to listen to Art Bell to do my research is... <laughs> well, obviously, good shit. And any excuse we have to plug our Art Bell <laughs> episode
0: that's available yeah. right now, people to listen to.
1: Yeah, so next week we'll get into uh, get into all the credibility of this. Look at how it's how it was researched and well,
0: that's the i think the most interesting part of all of it is just how much the government has put into looking into all this
1: yeah yeah we'll get into that and, and then that, we'll...
0: that gives it i think more credibility
1: than anything else oh yeah yeah i 100 percent believe this story all of it in all its entirety it. all of it oh, it's boy. a bold
0: statement we might have some debates next week that's all right fine. all right ian you got anything else you want to have on the get off on this episode nope Dave, you got any other thoughts? No, You've, sir. We've talked about bull balls, cow ass. What else have you eaten in your day? Lots of stuff. Mm. That's enough for <laughs> I tonight, I believe though. that. I believe that. <laughs> All right, what shout-outs we got, Ian?
1: Uh, for iTunes, we have Devin Fox, SW, and Joanner Banana. Thank you guys for the uh, for the awesome reviews. What was that one? Joanner Banana. Yep. That's a cool name. I Joanner Banana. I like it. I don't hate it. So, yeah, thanks for everybody to listen, uh, that's been listening, downloads. Like I said, the past couple weeks keep going up and up. They've been doing well. What country are we in? Latvia. Yeah. Trending in Latvia. We're Latvian heroes.
2: How about that?
1: In, on Spotify.
2: Shout out to Latvia. Fuck yeah, Latvia.
0: Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. We're trending in, in, in Latvia. That's wild. Yep. Anyways, we'll make this. I'll make this uh, outro quick because I know people like to fucking turn it off and skip this part. Uh, <laughs> Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. We are at Necronomapod. Um, We will have some merchandise coming in the future. So stay tuned for that. We're just kind of getting everything situated and finalized. I know you guys are pretty pumped about the um, the Instagram and Twitter posts we had the other day. So stay tuned for more information on that. Uh, please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. That goes a long way to help us. We appreciate it and help spread the word any way you can about the show. Because we would love to fucking make a living off doing this if that was possible. That would be fun. Okay. <laughs>
1: all right you guys ready for a cold beer
2: Cheers yep